Liam. Nagy? Looks like Tuvi's got that Titans job sewn up. Oh, hold your horses, Nagy. Don't go jumping the gun on that one yet, mate. Why? what have you done? I've gone ahead and I've gone and submitted our resume. Our resume? Yes, Nagy, you heard me correctly, our resume. Think about this. Two, the price of one. Two for the price Two of... Two for the price of one. Liam, what have I told you about touching? Ah, no touching, sorry. Liam, why would we want to coach the Titans? Why wouldn't we want to coach the Titans, Nagy? They're a young side, they've got a lot of potential. They'd be like clay, Nagy, in our hands. We can mould them, we can shape them. And where the hell else are we going to get our shot? Let's wait till next week when Mary gets the ass. Oh, you'd look good in white. And you look good in red. Mm. Bring out your eyes. Another episode of the Joust at the Commonwealth Hotel. Um, my name is Nagy. I'm here as always with my co-host Liam McNeil. But Joust, as we are joined by a special guest, we run into a lot of people uh, here at the the Joust, and uh, we've got a particular favourite of ours, Stephen Crow, all round Knights legend. Thank you for joining us tonight. Boys, when I heard of the Commonwealth Hotel, I couldn't get here quick enough. <laughs> I had to get back. I had yeah. to get back. Thank we're, you for the invitation. Appreciate it. No, mate, we're trying to bring you to the podcast to, to you, if anything. Yeah. Uh, but to, to <laughs> yeah, everyone else in Newcastle. Newcastle's favourite pub, the Commonwealth Hotel. Now, Liam, what's making news in the NRL? Look, we're going straight into the news this week, and we'll start with a few Newcastle-themed items. First item on the agenda is that the Mole is reporting that Herman S.E.S.E., the man so nice, they named him Herman, Herman. Yep. has met with Bulldogs officials and he's passed a medical examination at the Bulldogs Rugby League Club and that salary cap pressure is likely to force him out of the Knights. Now, I feel like Herman will be a big loss if that's the case. A few games he's played this year, he's missed a few, but he's been very good. What do you think, Nate? Sad to see him go a year mm. early if that's the case. Uh, and it's sad to, like, obviously salary cap pressure is something that the club has to deal with on an ongoing basis. Uh, but uh, I think we've gone through such a period of just signing people, signing, making exciting uh, signings of new players coming to the club, having to have that conversation of sustainability and uh, and, and keeping them. But it was upsetting to, to read from uh, Mary from The Raw to say that uh, we might also see the, uh, the Heimel Hunt as well as SKD not re-signed. Mm. Uh, what are your thoughts, Craig, about the players uh, on the way out of the rebuild? No, you're right. It's a, it is a... Um, it's been a while, hasn't it, since we've had that sort of pressure. Normally the pressure has been, how the hell do we get someone here? Yeah. We've got all this money and no one wants to come. So it's a, it's a reverse of that. Um, I suppose it was inevitable. As, as, our, as our younger players uh, and better players start to, uh, I suppose, grow in value, I'm only, I can only guess that, that um, Kalon Ponga's uh, value in the next couple of years is going to go through the roof. Mm. This is probably inevitable. So who do, you, who, do you, who do you drop or who do you get rid of? Um, that's, the, that's the coach's call. Uh, Herman hasn't played a lot of a lot of footy. Now there's a reason for that. Um, I don't know whether there's something in the background. I mean, he's not probably defence is probably not his strongest suit. Um, and the, the last four or five years, the Knights have, have just struggled to to, you know, to stop points. Mm. So I'm guessing um, if you're looking for uh, for boxes to tick in Brownie's team right now, you need to be able to tackle. And if you're not, if that's not your strength, you're probably the first one out the door. Mm. Here's my guess. But yeah, yeah. But I mean, it is a. You're right, as you say, it's, it's an interesting dynamic. It's changed the whole the whole conversation now. We're going to see more of this. Yeah. It's probably my question. What's going to happen next year? Uh, we've got blokes coming off contract. Are we going to resign them? Are we going to shed players? As our, as I said, as our as our stocks grow and the and the value of our players increases, um, 
you know, it's, going, it's the reverse of the type of pressure we've had the last it's, four or five years. Yeah, I guess it's yeah. a kind of byproduct of success and uh, improvement, which is definitely not a bad thing. It's no, not at all. Definitely a good problem to have at the moment. So, although the Roosters seem to have success without shedding players, no, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> there, there's some clubs seem to. What the fuck's going on there? <laughs> some clubs seem to be be able to do it a little bit better, yeah. uh, and I think it's just that that, that third party uh, sponsors and whatnot, and just being able to attract uh, that level of talent, and having people wanting to play at the more prestigious clubs uh, and hopefully after a few more finals berths uh, we can become that uh, prestigious club mm-hmm. you make a very good point I will say this and all jokes aside about salary sombreros at the Roosters <laughs> if you do create a, a successful club with a strong culture players will stay for less and they'll and they'll even come for less so and that's that we haven't had that for a long time. So, yeah. And it feels like you get the impression that a couple of the signings the Knights may have made in the last two or three years have had to pay overs to get people to the club, I guess. Yes. But now, like you said, as the success comes and the improvement comes, you, you don't have to pay quite so much to get those good players over. When, yeah, they, when, I, when I said how we might be losing, uh, you know, Heimel, Hunt, SKD and uh, Herman SASC, that's, still re- that's in the hope to retain players like uh, Dan Safidi is now on a, look to be on an upgraded contract, uh, just making his State of Origin debut, uh, as well as Caelan Ponga, as we said. Yep. And uh, also Jesse Ramian was mentioned earlier in the season as their longer term plan on a player that uh, was under market value. But, uh, but you know, whether he if that's something they continue to look at. But, you know, it's about retaining that core group. Mm. So hopefully we can sort of keep uh, the players that are, that are serving us well and, and move forward uh, and keeping those marquee players that attract other players mm. too. I, I know there would be a lot more people that say, I want to come play with Kalen Ponga than I want to come play with Herman SASA. No offence, Herman. We all love you here. But, you know, this is business in the end. Liam Waddles is making news. It's business, that's for sure. <laughs> now, also in the news this week, the Knights have employed a former referee to improve the team's discipline. After seven sin bins in, seven, in the last seven games leading into the Roosters game, uh, we've got four of the top 15 most penalised players in the competition. Now, Crowey, is this something that would have ever happened in your time? Would Never. they have got a referee in? Would you oh, speak to referees? Mate, it would have spat on him if he walked in the door. <laughs> no, actually, I've got to say, we need to do something. Like, honestly, every week, and I'm, I'm not one to criticise referees. Honestly, I think it's a tough job. And, uh, you know, it evens out. Mm. In my view, normally have the yeah. course of a season, except this year. Yes, yeah. and we are we are we're last, are we not? From, from, I think so. Yeah. Got, as in so most penalties conceded, yes. we're, we're we, last. Yeah, we yeah. are last. Yeah. And I look at it every week. And I think is is it is it something we're doing differently than other teams? And, I, and I'm not sure it is. Um, but although one suggests this this ploy suggests it might be. I, I, mm. We have to do something. Yeah. It, it is it is a chronic problem for the club. And some of the games we've lost, some of the tight games we've lost, have been as a direct result of penalties mm. or uh, against uh, the Dogs, certainly losing a player yeah. and down to 12 men for, for a prolonged period of time. Um, would we have ever brought a referee in? Uh, no way. Uh, <laughs> but, I, but I see the logic of it, and I can appreciate it's probably not a bad thing to do. Uh, particularly given the, you know, how bad we're going in terms of penalties mm. conceded. It's an yeah. interesting tactic and hopefully it pays off. I know it's, obviously, it's something they're really focusing on because of how, uh, you know, this late in the season and, and watching, uh, you know, this is with two-thirds in and, and we're making these changes. So hopefully it's enough uh, to, to sort of sharpen up or at least say the right things maybe to the, the mm. right people. Liam, what else have we got there? We've got, uh, now this one's harkening <laughs> back to the off-season where there was a few little incidents in the game. Mason Leno may face a club-sanctioned fine after being involved in a minor altercation at uh, 
the Green Roof Hotel there in yeah. Hamilton. Um, and and, that, and yep. inferior pub, i got to say. An inferior pub, yeah. absolutely. It would never have happened here at the Commonwealth Hotel. Not a chance. Not a chance. And also the club are looking at banning players from several local night spots as a precaution. What? Mm. Yeah. I know. Yeah, it's uh, unthinkable. Back, back in the day, yeah. club of the year you'd get for that sort of thing. <laughs> <laughs> what's what's saying? Mate, how, can, how, how does a... a, a when you're in a, in a successful playing group, Crow, and you're going out amongst the town, and you know you have the uh, uh, the has-beens, the never-beens that are sort of wanting to wanting to you know take on the champs, if you will, in the pubs, or uh, try to rub you the wrong way, maybe just to talk about it later that you know I got into a, a stash with uh, you know Mason uh, Lino, for example. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly right. Just seeing them is this is that, is that something actively players groups uh, consider or uh, know about or try to avoid, or is it just a situational thing? Do you know what? I've said this plenty of times before. When, you, when, you're, when you're 20 or 25 or even 28 or even 30 <laughs> or even 33 <laughs> yeah. and you're with your mates and you're on the pierce and you've won a game or even if you haven't, um, you'll do things that, are, that you wouldn't... Wouldn't usually that do. you yeah. regret. Mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, not, not crazy stuff. This, says, this is one of those cases. If we expect young blokes to go and have a beer uh, and never stuff up, um, like I'm talking aggressive, risk-taking people who are... That's the profile of your average NL player. Absolutely, yeah. Young, risk taker, aggressive. You get, things are going to start from time to time. Now, they don't. Have, it doesn't happen very often. It happens less than it probably should, given the proliferation of of uh, video cameras. Yes. Mm. I'm surprised there's not more incidents like this. Mm. Um, we talked. We talked about everyone's a citizen, citizen journalist now. With everyone's got a camera, everyone's waiting for that uh, that moment to erupt so they can whip it out and then. Suddenly, if that's the only footage, it only tells a 15-second story, you know, yeah. and that's... Uh, oh, that's true. Listen, and, and to, but to be, to be on the other side of the coin, some players are really good at walking away. Yeah. And, and I had, I, I, I played some blokes who got baited all the time. But people baited Chief. Yeah. Who knows? People knows baited why. Paul Harrigan. Mm-hmm. My God. And he, and he knew that it, if, he, if he decided to, to take them up, he would, he would crush them <laughs> and destroy them. And so he walked away. Yeah. 99% of the time once or twice he didn't and they did crush them yeah. um, it was great to watch but but he was he was just great he had great self-discipline he walked mm. away most times but people did people did um, I won't say buddy they, they annoyed him and they pushed him and they, could, and they just push buttons yeah, yeah. They, they push buttons but with no video cameras at least there was, none of that was captured I, I, I feel sorry for the guys today I think mm. it's tough to go to a place like the green roof it's high profile people know the Knights players are going to be there so quite possibly Quite possible they do go there to start to, you know, to, to push the, push the buttons. Mm. Yeah. So uh, and after you've had twelve screws, it's hard not to be pushed. Yeah. 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 Well, that's now. There's two incidents now. That's uh, one at the beginning of the season with uh, with Tata Moga. Uh, no, no, it was uh, Jay Safedi. Uh, oh, but Jay Safedi. But also at, at the green room. Tata yeah, as well. So I guess maybe three strikes, and I think there's something else to be done. Mm. And you know, there's only eight weeks left of the season, and uh, and hopefully some finals in there as well. So let's see. We're, what we're to, four weeks away from the first club saying. We're on a beer ban for the rest of the year. Yeah, yeah. That's it. Usually that you happens. See, you can see the semis, and some club that's probably sitting about sixth or ninth yeah. and needs to win their last forces. Collectively, we're having a beer ban. If that happens, I'd be really disappointed if we get if we go on that bad. We have to have a beer ban. <laughs> <laughs> that's it. I'm surprised we haven't seen any booze bans yet. Usually, a club will trot one of them out near the start of the season. What, do you mind if I, I'm mate, two, please, Murray's 262, mate, that's, uh, please rip right in. Hey, what I, is that? I said, uh, you were saying that the, your, your barber well, serves. My barber serves this. I, I get a beer when I have a care cut. Yeah, yeah. He serves me up at 262 um, over at um, the Civic Yard Tate, number six barber. Yeah. Alex is the hair cutter. He's a, yeah. he's a cracker. 
And I have a nice 622 262 on a Thursday night. We're having a shave. Sitting on the chair. Beautiful. What better way to do it, eh? What else we got there, Lee? Now, next in the news, we've got some more salary cap issues. Danny Widler is reporting that the Bulldogs are looking to offload Kieran Foran and are prepared to pay around half his salary to any club that'll take him. Now, he's an interesting player, Kieran Foran, I think, because he was obviously, for a while there, the best player. Or, like, you know, he was up there in the top echelon of, of halves. And he was, uh, and just his involvement in the game and his aggression for, when he was at Manly, like, he was, his time with his hands on the ball was just extreme. And, and he really complimented Daly Cherry Evans and I think probably any other halfback in the game. Uh, he could run, he could pass, he could do, uh, he could organise, he could do it all. Something happened to him at the at the Warriors. Uh, or when he had some personal issues, he went to the Warriors. I think he's a half a player that he, that he once was. I think he has moments of brilliance, but I don't think he commands that marquee uh, money anymore. And I think and, his body's sort of given up on him as well. He had his personal issues, and as you mentioned, there was some widely publicised problems he was having off the field. And then as he just started getting older, his body just started giving up on him. So Hammies, knees, and, yeah, and the rest. A bit of everything. So I think he'll struggle to find a club. I think the Bulldogs will be left with him on $1.2 million or thereabouts a year because I don't think too many clubs will take him up, even at half price, because he just seems to be damaged goods. There's always the Super League, Superannuation League, uh, there, there to, uh, to maybe finish off a career. If they, uh, with someone with a highlight reel like Kieran Foran, uh, they might take a chance with the kind of player turnover they mm. have up there. But, uh, Crow, do you see any other club picking Mate, up? Uh, I, I just believe everything that Denny Wilder says. For me, it's, it's, a, it's just a It's, a it's not like just filling the page on the paper. He'll be there for five years. All <laughs> oh, right, yeah, very interesting, very interesting. Um, now, the next one we've got. Now, this is one that Nagy and I were talking about before the pod, and it's a very interesting move by uh, Mary McGregor to rest Ben Hunt. Yes. Resting Ben Hunt in the game on the weekend. Uh, again, they really needed to win St. George. They kind of at that back end of the bottom, uh, back end of the 12. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they really need to win games. Back in the, end of the 12. Back end of the 12. Is there a 12? There's a 12. That's a new saying now. Back end of the 12. I think Mary needs a rest. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah. there yeah. you go. So, well, it's... Uh, you probably will get a rest, actually, quite soon. <laughs> <laughs> it, it's looking like that because of how... Uh, obviously, making the decision to rest uh, Ben Hunt, a player that's on close to $1.2 million a season, uh, about fifty grand a game, and that's fifty thousand dollars his salary, like per game, sitting on the sidelines. One point two million. Yeah, he's on one point two. Yeah, Get he's one. Of, he's here. one of the highest oh, yeah. paid uh, players in the comp. Um, the Dragons went after him very hard after failing to get uh, Luke Keary. They were beaten to the punch by the Roosters. So. They went really hard at uh, Ben Hunt. Yeah. They wanted a structured halfback that they could keep. And, uh, but he's only showing glimpses of, of, of brilliance. Mm. And, and again, nowhere near that upper echelon. I don't think he's probably... Uh, like, if you compare him and Mitchell Pearce and what they bring to the bring to the clubs, I think you get so much more value out of Pearce for slightly less money. There's a lot of talk about him being tired and being physically That was the thing. Broken. It was tired. That was, if it was dropped because he had, like, a calf concern or something, the body wasn't reacting. But he was just fatigued. Mm. Uh, is, this a, is this a Denny Wilder story, by the no, way? This is no, no, no. This was, was from NRL.com, oh, I believe. Jeez. Jesus. Yeah, well, yeah. that's... Uh, unless Paragons of journalism. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> so it's interesting that the player's just been rested because they're tired. They're saying it's a sports science thing. They're saying that, you know, the physio's talking to the sports science, talking to the... Uh, the guys that they have the GPS on the on the, on, on, the single, on the bra on the bra the bra looking things and then they and then they're getting around they all they all agree that he's he, he's you know not reaching that full potential so it's uh, is that the thing would you have ever oh, seen that sort of thing in oh, again I'm going to be this will sound old school but I hear this right old the old Test cricketers say the same thing about the similar policy the resting policy for the Australian cricket team they they think it's bollocks yeah. and if you're in form and you're and you're fit. And you're physically able to play. You're better off playing than resting. And um, 
is it the same in rugby league? It is a more violent game than cricket, mm. to be fair. Yep. Uh, and the little blokes do cop a lot. So someone like Ben Hunt's got to make a lot of tackles because they run at him yep. all day. Um, and he gets belted around a bit. So, you know, if, he, if they'd won, it'd be a coaching master stroke. Yes. Mm. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So, I mean, I, I understand. Players need a rest from time to time. Um, yeah. It's too, is it too much focus on the money? You just got to look at the player just as, as he's Mate, performing? You need the manager plays at 26 rounds to get through. Yeah. And the blokes who play in the middle... Like so, like a like a cook, like he, I mean, yeah, he Dan must cook, be yeah. just about to- toasted. Yeah, I reckon he's played every game. He's played Origin. He's about seventy kilos, ringing wet. Yeah, mate. At some point, his body's just going, and his mind will probably say, oh, "I've had enough." Yeah. So I reckon Wayne Bennett's probably thinking he's he's due for a rest as well. So yeah, those those little blokes need to you need to look after them. I, I you know I think um you know just what I wouldn't expect big blokes to 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 rest as much as. As the smaller guys, because yep, yep. the bigger the bigger boat, the middles get a rest normally during the game. Mm. Yeah, they'll, have, yeah. they'll have half hour rest. Some of these boys, like Ben Hunt, plays eighty minutes every week. Yeah, yeah every week. Yeah. Is that sustainable? Um, yeah, probably not. So, so I understand. I, I, I made a joke and said Mary needs a rest. I think he's under pressure as a coach. There's Absolutely, no doubt. Yeah. But I don't think it shouldn't be because of this. That this decision. Because that's yeah. something that Paul McGregor's come under fire for in recent years. Is his. Um, policy of not resting his origin players and they get run ragged and that's why they always fall off towards the end of the season and now he's done it and he's kind of being demonized a bit knights had four players in origin they're, they're seeing a bit of a dip dragons had five over the course of the series they're seeing a dip in form cowboys are down the bottom as well they weren't really up there to start with but um you know is origin in the middle sucking the guts out of the uh, out of the players mm, maybe maybe standalone weekends possibly Maybe that's necessary. <laughs> just just to give you know a bit of space. A uh, bit of breathing time. Well, they're expected. The expectation yeah, right, is so, to play so on Wednesday. Are, as Knights fans, saying, now we want Origin. We want a, <laughs> oh, they're now, now, yeah. <laughs> now we've focused. finally got some Origin players. <laughs> yeah, now we're focused. But last on. year, we were celebrating. We were playing Melbourne, and they had yeah. six involved. We had none, and we're going, you beauty. It's tough. It's a brutal game, and and some players in particular play a lot of minutes and, go, you know, cop a lot of punishment so how to manage them is is a difficult uh is a quandary but blokes like craig bellamy seem to be able to do it mm. year in year out and, and win minor premierships despite having a lot of origin players yeah, yeah so you've got to say that there is a formula somewhere at the moment some some teams can crack it and some teams can't the mad mm. scientist himself oh that's great it's actually uh does has the mad scientist yes absolutely. Yeah, yeah. well that's there's it. a there's a few out there i think uh, <laughs> is that, that's it for the news isn't it that's it for the news for this week and now, uh look we got to move on to this next segment which we're not looking forward to are we now well it's the game that we played against the chooks you know and it, and uh it was it was an interesting game but it was a game that was it sort of reminded us of previous seasons because it, it was uh we were in it we were in the game at halftime we were in the game uh at 60 minutes at even. 60 minutes and then uh we capitulated absolutely capitulated in, in a way that we haven't in this season we thought i think a lot of us thought this this sort of uh you know opened the floodgates and and uh looking like uh not like at no point did it feel like they weren't trying but the, the decision making on the field really let them down mm. Uh, and uh, a couple of the decisions there just uh, end up with drop balls picked up by the Roosters, and they just ran through. They look like it was almost like who can get the next try from the Roosters. Mm. It looked like if you had a any time try scorer for a Roosters player, you were holding on to that ticket till the very end of the game because it looked like any one of them could get over. And some soft tries as well, mm. which was upsetting to see. But 
48-10 in the end. Uh, our first real flogging. Um, we had the upsetting loss against Storm. No, but 34-4, I think that was. They they looked all over us all game. Uh, but the but we looked like we were locking horns with the mm. Roosters and looked like we could possibly uh, do enough to uh, keep them scoring low, defending well. But then last 20 minutes, uh, they, they blew us away. But it might be the Eternal Knights fan in me, but I was worried right from the kickoff. I think... Uh, the Roosters just came out with such defen- defensive intensity right from the kickoff. They didn't play well the first half. And they didn't even play well, and no. yet the, their defence was all over the Knights. They didn't play well, but their defence was rock solid. The Knights weren't able to poke their nose through the line very much. It was just uh, just a Cooper, masterclass from the Roosters. Cooper Cronk, Luke Keary, uh, even players like Brett Morris coming back in and, and playing in the centres, and you're forgetting how... like. In a, in a team like that, he sort of blends in. And any other team, he would be almost like a marquee sort of mm. a, uh, a player. And it's, uh, it's you know, talent right across the field. Uh, well, Weir Hargraves always has a tremendous games against us, as much as we hate him. Um, was it sad to see Crowe another uh, loss against the Roosters? Yeah, well, thank God I was I was drunk in Foster yeah. <laughs> and missed the game. Yeah. Uh, I came in, actually, I came in at half time. I was playing bowls with my dad yeah, yeah, yeah. in Foster. <clears throat> I play bowls once a year. The same weekend. <laughs> Came in, it was 12, 10. I was like, you beauty. Yeah. We're, we're in this. I hadn't seen any of the games. So, so any of the, that commentary you just gave me was um, was unknown yeah. to myself. I just looked at the score and thought, this is a, this is better than I thought. Mm. Playing out at the SCG. Yes. Yeah. Always, always, always thought it would be a tough gig. Um, I came back in half hour later and it was, it was 36 to 10. I watched the last 10 minutes, horrified. As uh, you know, they just ran in a couple of really yeah. soft tries. So, really yeah, it was it was a disappointing um, appearance of the game. Uh, it's been it's it's a bit of a it's a difficult period of the season for us, isn't it? At the moment, three three in a row. Yep. Um, we've dropped confidence is probably also low ebb. Um, yeah, and now it's now it's starting to get nervous, and and nervous players don't play um, well. Players yeah. low on confidence don't normally play well. Mm. We turned around earlier in the season after five losses in a row. Yep. Um, I'm, I don't know if we, I, I feel less confident weirdly about doing it again this time how does players come through Origin and they're tired and they're you know I'm, I'm, I'm a bit worried that's all as, yeah, as, no, as, no. As, an honest, as an honest fan I'm worried whether we could pull out of this slump as effectively as we did uh, early in the season every game and now really counts and I think having that momentum roll forward and uh, you know put, stringing those wins together it seemed like oh we found the formula and then now to sort of as the wheels might have come off again uh, late in the season all those games looking back where we lost those six uh, five or six in a row when it was like we, you know, if we won one or two of those, we'd have a lot less pressure now. Uh, so it's it's those those games are starting to, to come back and uh, really hurt us. Having that mm-hmm. one period of, of solid form with the Sharks win at the start, uh, and then that win against the Baby Broncos. So, but it's we like if we I think our run home's pretty solid as far as uh, as far as a lot of other teams and where the teams sit. Um, and I think we've got every chance to, to do it. I don't think we fight another. We don't think we play another heavyweight. Um, uh, I don't think we have a Roosters Storm. Uh, or, we, I'll, I'll check with the Peanut Gallery. I don't think, boys. No, no, I don't think we have any. No, just Manly. Manly's just Manly. Our, our biggest worry. So. Manly and Brookvale. Yeah. yeah. Do you know what? It's a real. Oh, oh, this is a real mystery. It's like it's interesting, isn't it? Yeah. Mm. Can we can we pull out of it? Do we have the players? Do we have the do we have the the the, the fortitude? Do we have the you know the the, the, the guts, the yeah, guts the, to yeah. pull out. Yeah. I really hope so. Last time Mitchell Pierce almost did it single-handedly. Mm. I thought. Yeah. I thought as captain, he said, "Follow me, I'll I'll do it, and just just do what I do, and yeah. we'll win." And they did, and they kept winning, and they went on and on. And mm. other players grew in confidence. Um, 
Is Mitchell tired? I don't know. Because, I mean, he, he certainly here in Clemmer, uh, that that six week win, that six wins in a row. I thought Clemmer and 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 Mitchell Pierce just took it upon themselves to lead the way, yeah. and others followed, and they then they grew in confidence. Um, I, I hope they've got it in them to do it again. Yeah, we'll we'll see, we'll see. I mean, really, this we'll find it this Friday night. Yeah, there's a few outs for the Knights as well. The players that have played really consistently uh, up, and they're still managing injury. And Edric Lee, someone that's been uh, such a like such a find on that wing, and um, and been that big powerful winger that we've been looking for for, for years. And and uh, Lockie Fitz as well, uh, is still recovering from that horrifying uh, elbow dislocation. And uh, but uh, you know he's apparently out of the sling now. So you know looking forward, uh, it, it's it's hopeful. But Liam, this this week, this against, week against the Tigers, got the Tigers at home back a, to the who's graveyard. Who's had a similar a similar season to us, sort of not with those large patches of forms, but they've almost been win loss themselves. Yeah, like, uh, and they've they're actually coming off the back of three straight losses at the moment. But so are we? Oh, yeah, that's, yeah that's, that's so nice, are yeah. we. So I think both teams really have a point to prove. Um, but I. Yeah, like you said, Cry, it's just, it's worrying now. It's getting to a bit of a worrying period in the season yeah. as to whether or not they can turn it around. Yeah, so last time, when he got when he got really worried, stress brought out the best in the team. I'm mm-hmm. hoping we see the same. Fingers uh, crossed. And I would expect at home, um, and there'll be a reasonable crowd there. There'll be a good um, crowd, I think. Tigers yeah. usually, there's usually some yeah, uh, just yeah, hidden popular, Tiger supporters yeah, that pop up. Yeah. I mean, five, see, I, I love, my, my favourite my favorite time slot for a game it's six o'clock Friday. It's the best. The graveyard shift, we call it here. We call yeah. it the, uh, the yeah, one that... Yeah. I love it. Like beers. You finish at o'clock, you pop to the pub. It's yeah, yeah that's true. Yeah. It's fantastic. We do run a courtesy bus to and from the game, don't forget. It's, yeah, it's yeah, not absolutely. ideal um, for crowd, though. Mm. But there'll be, there'll be, there'll be 15,000 or 20,000 there. And, and, and the team will be desperate, as will the Tigers, to be fair. Yeah. But I, I would expect us to win. Robbie Ferris, 300th game. I have a little theory about players reaching milestones of, of large milestones of games that they don't usually win them. Mm. Uh, and uh, Benji proved this uh, the other week, but I just have this feeling, typically when it's Knights players, and, they, and they're, 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 you know, there's a bit of fanfare about you know, 150th, 200th game, and then we just don't get over the line. Hopefully that's the case with Robbie Ferris, 300th. Although there was a bit, of a, a bit of a rumor going around that he had a bit of a niggle, and he might sit out this game, possibly to play his 300th at Leichhardt the following week. That we're, sounds like something Robbie Ferrer would do, actually. Right, okay. Does it, doesn't <laughs> yeah. it? Yeah. One is 300th at Leichhardt. He would. A lot of pressure on the Tigers as well. They're, you know, they've got this uh, an aging you know, spine with uh, as far as uh, Robbie and Benji's there. They're looking to get rid of Reynolds. They're a, a team that's sort of shifting around. They, they don't really uh, have a solid direction moving forward of uh, looking to fill those positions as well. So yeah, I thought Robbie Farrow retired. He, uh, well, I think a lot of people did, but then he just keeps going. He just keeps going. Him and Benji, like Robbie went to South, ended up playing reserve grade, and, and everyone thought that was he was going to sort of uh, walk out into the sunset. And then Benji in Brisbane played a lot of Queensland Cup, we thought the same, and suddenly they're back at, back at the Tigers. Yeah, and, and both... back at Leichhardt. It's quite a thing. Interesting. I, I called it, it was, it's the Ivan Cleary uh, lolly bag of, of players that he's bought <laughs> everyone. It is kept buying, and then he's stuck with a lot of players that aren't performing, but uh, let's hope we can get uh, over them. Yeah, uh, look, it's the same squad. Same squad. So no changes have been made, but uh, I think they'll learn a lot from the final 20 minutes of last week's game. What, what, what do they learn? Oh, well, God. How, not to, how not to play rugby? Surely we, we, we couldn't. I don't think the Tigers. Uh, I, I say this now, and it's all been recorded, so I'm going to have to be, stand by it. But uh, I think the, uh, having teams like the Roosters and the Storm pulling us apart and really running over us towards uh, right through for 80 minutes is. I don't think the Tigers have that same firepower. Uh, I mm. hope they don't. And uh, playing at home, I'd hope we'd have a little bit more staunch. 
Um, would you agree, Crow, that there's a, there's a... No, I do. No, yeah. I do. I, I think... Um, I think we'll see... We'll find out on Friday night whether we will make the eight or not. That's yeah. What I think. Yeah. yeah, if we can't beat the Tigers, do we deserve to be in the eight? You know, Probably not. So, and Probably then we got, we got Para not long after that, and then Tigers again. Uh, so we've got, we've got these teams that we if, we... if we can beat these teams, we deserve to be there because they're around that uh, sort of lower eighth, ninth, tenth. So mm. we've given ourselves every opportunity to do so, whether that's we can it. do it And we not. need to fight our way out of that eighth position because sixth to twelfth towards the end of the year, that's where you really start to get into that tight... Ground down. The Dragons have only lost one. Uh, we've won one more game than the mm. Dragons, and the Dragons are saying that this season's over. So that's how, how tight we're looking. We probably need to win four of our last six. Mm. Hey, yeah. How many points are we on? Uh, we're we we won eight games. So, yeah, so yeah. sixteen points, eighteen with the buy. Yeah, yeah. I, I think that's right. Yeah, yeah. and we probably look like we need 26, 28. We need twenty eight. We need twenty eight. Yeah, yeah. yeah. No, it's, 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 it's a it's a tough road home. Yeah, but this way, we have the Tigers. Um, yeah, I, I wouldn't expect us to make the eight. It's uh, uh, it's it's, it's, that, it's that it's that significant. Yeah. So well, I think yeah, a lot went wrong in that uh, that Roosters game, and hopefully we can you know, sort of remould and and come back out. Liam, should we open your sack? Yes. Let's, let's open, open the sack. sack. Now it's a big yeah. one this week again. Thank you very much, Jousters, for getting involved. First question is from Daniel Turner. Daniel asks: Should the Knights employ a cardiologist to treat fans who suffer high blood pressure from watching Knights games? Absolutely. Absolutely. My blood was boiling, boiling by yeah. the end of that Roosters game. But at the same time for the... Wouldn't uh, a masseuse be better than a cardiologist to calm you down? Yeah, I, mean, no, I, I prefer a masseuse Actually, myself. I'd much prefer that, yeah. yeah. Well, maybe... Uh, yeah. Well, I was thinking before with as far as, you know, sort of making sure that you're calm going into these things. Maybe even a bit of meditation. I think that's a, that's a Freddy mm. move. That's a, that's a Fittler move that to, to sort of take the shoes off and... <laughs> All and, uh, on the On the park. Feel dew under your toes. Some deep yeah. breathing, finding the space again and... Uh, yeah. Sick. All oh, that. <laughs> <laughs> That's not something that was uh, was familiar back in the back in the day, Crowy. <laughs> oh, yeah. Loved it. Loved it. Sunday morning. That's all you should do. Yeah, yeah. You take and walk barefoot on the grass. It was fantastic. Was that after Saturday night where you're looking yeah, for your yeah. shoes? Like, yeah. <laughs> don't forget barefoot. No clothes at all. <laughs> take it the next step again. Well, what else is in your sack? Look, all I'll say is they do need to employ someone to help us out. Someone. That's true. Justin Gee on us. What is the answer to the five eighth problem? Is the constant changing around the team affecting the way the players are playing the game? I think it is. And, um, I mean, Kurt Mann's acquitted himself pretty well up until the Roosters game in that 5-8 role. But I think, yeah, the uh, the chopping and changing, I think we've had four different 5-8s this season with Kalen Ponga starting. Uh, Connor Watson played a bit of 5-8. Kurt Mann's played 5-8. Mason Lino's played 5-8. That's got to affect the way the team plays and that's got to affect the cohesiveness. So I feel like Brownie's settled on Kurt Mann. But whether or not he's the answer, I don't know. Maybe it's the case that we go out at the end of the year and purchase ourselves a 5-8. Hopefully not Kieran Foran, uh, as discussed. Or Josh Reynolds is one of the other options. That uh, Another name I've seen thrown around, but uh, I think no. he's falling apart as well. Can't so. afford either of those. I don't think I can. Yeah. Money's tied up in Kalen. And that's the thing. We, we, uh, we started the season thinking that Kalen was going to be a 5-8. Thought it was going to be Kalen and Pierce with Connor Watson at the back. Mm. Now Connor's finding this sort of uh, hooker role. We've got these two hookers, two 5-8s. We're, we're, and it's sort of managed to work up until this point. But now the pressure's on. Will they make the right decision? With Mason Lino out uh, with a bit of indiscretion, they probably won't, won't be back in the starting side for a little while. Uh, but yeah, Kurt Mann had a lot of pressure on him in the Roosters, made some uh, poor decisions. 
Poor decisions, uh, a few errors. Bro, I'll, 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 I'll say this. I, I don't know much about footy to be totally honest. It's yeah. <laughs> more than we yeah, know. No, no, look, okay. that's, that's debatable. <laughs> uh, but cohesion is uh, is a factor when it comes to success. You know, if you keep the same, same team together, not just over a season, but over the course of a number of seasons, um, you'll be more successful than a team that keeps bringing in different players. That's a fact. That's indisputable. So I'd love to see us find or arrive at a, at a number six and stick with it um, and have it, in fact, the whole spine have it be consistent. I mean, that, that, that leads to success. And um, in the longer term, that's something we need to try and sort out. I, I, having, a, having a permanent 5-8 mm. will be important for the, the longer term success of the club. There's no mm. doubt about that. Absolutely. Now, Anthony Hickling asks, if we don't make the top eight, do you think Brownie is gone or is he given one more year to get things done? Uh, this, again, is that, uh, you know, we, we flip the coin on Brownie so often of, of, of a win and a loss. Uh, we win, uh, suddenly it's, you know, how long can we keep him? If we if we lose, it's when's he going to go? Uh, you got to look at, uh, look, I, I, I think Brownie put in so much work on building this side, he should at least have the time to, uh, to, to at least work with the tools that he's been given. If this doesn't work out by the end of the season, let's say we don't win another game. Questions have to be asked, but mm. if it's uh, but uh, if we don't win another game, yeah. there's no questions to be asked. Oh, there you go. There you go. <laughs> so the, the answers, but, are, but but I think um, I agree with you. Like yeah. Brownie's built this team, and um, uh, after six those five losses in a row, everybody, virtually everybody, called for his sacking. Yes. Then six weeks later, he's a champion. Yeah. Mm. Uh, I mean, I feel sorry for Brownie. Like it's it's been a really tough season, but he he would need to win some games. He would. I think for him to feel confident about his future, he'd want to he'd want to make the eight. Yes, from absolutely. here because yep. we're sitting in the eight right now. Yes, so that's winning you know more than we lose on the way home. Yep, uh, I think that's a, like he would probably acknowledge that. I think. Mm. I think um, he, I think he would see that as as a success. Yeah. You know, from this point in the season, lots of things happen in twenty twenty six week season, and um, and you know you can't always account for a lot of them. Origin being one of them, injuries being another. So. He's got, there's, at the moment, the team that we have in the paddock can make the eight. Uh, there's no reason why they can't. And this is the first time that in, during the three years of this podcast, Liam, that we're having this discussion at this point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah uh, I'd forgotten how to count, do I? Yeah. <laughs> so it's, I mean, let, let's, get, let's get credit to Brownie. You're right. Um, it's difficult to, to come from last uh, to here. Is, it's not as easy as you think because, as we said earlier tonight, attracting players to a club that's coming last mm. is bloody difficult. Yeah. You need to convince them either through massive amounts of cash or through saying listen I've got a plan I've got a I've got a I've got a strategy I want you to be part of it I've got some players coming here that'll help you make you a better player uh, one or the other you need to do and Brownie's been able to do that and he, and, and we, we are genuinely a chance to make the top eight in fact fortnight ago we we're making the top four mm. yeah, yeah um so you know I'm happy, I'm happy to give Give uh, credit where, where credit's due, yeah. uh, but it's certainly he'll be under pressure if we don't make the eight. I think anyone, any any football fan would would say that, any, any Knights fan would say that. And yes. I think West have shown that they're willing to stick with him in the long run. I think they definitely see him as a long term option. And uh, even if we miss the eight, say finish ninth, tenth, that's still an improvement. It's still an well, improvement. Well, it is. It is. But you know, uh, I'll, I'll, it's slow uh, and it's incremental, uh, but it's still slight improvement. It's I, I, my sense is a little bit higher, but I, mm. I can see your point. Yeah. Uh, but we'll see. We'll see how the games play out. Yeah. Uh, yeah. What Aiden else? Kelleher. This is more of a statement. Jesse Ramian is a second rower. Yes. What do we think about that? Could Jesse Ramian maybe make he's, the? He's as strong as a second rower. He's as yeah. strong as a second he's rower because watching him, the way he just bumps off players and breaks tackles, you could think he could very easily play in the second row, make a similar uh, transition that Sioni did. I hadn't even 
thought about that until Aiden put it up, but that'd be interesting. Aiden, you're one. a genius. <laughs> yeah. right, there you go. Brownie's replacement. <laughs> Aiden Keller. Aiden Keller. Yeah, well, well done, Aiden. Is anything else? Who you sack, Liam? Uh, Erling Ground. Uh, uh, sorry, Duke. Uh, Erling Gronhog. When does the jet season start up again? I think I think Duke's already given up on the Knights. He never he never took them up to the start. <laughs> he never took them up. He right. just purely he's he's not from here. He's, have, he's, like, he's from Norway. He's from Norway. They don't, Norway. They, they don't speak a no, great they deal of English. They, they no. should. It's a boring <laughs> country. They should have it. It's the world game over there. Anything That's else all from the sack. That's this all week, from Nagy. the sack, Liam. Do you have the lower grades? They have the lower I grades. I do lower grades in Canterbury Cup. Last round was a win against the Panthers, thirty to twenty-two. Next game is a home game against the Western Suburbs Magpies. Uh, Jersey Flag last round experienced a loss against the Panthers, uh, forty-two to twelve. Their next home game is against the West Tigers this weekend. So, is it all if you're near Saint John's Oval, uh, yes, they'll be at. Uh, sorry. Canterbury Cup and Jersey Flag will be at St. John's Oval. St. John's. Where's that? Where's St. Charlestown. Charlestown Oval. Mm. Oh, perfect, perfect. We'll get down there and watch them as well. Yeah. You know, let's, let's support all of the boys uh, in, the, in the whole club. Crowy, thank you very much for joining us. Uh, Is that it? Yeah, mate. No, mate, we can I'm get talking. I'm just warming up. Uh, we can get talking. Mate, <laughs> mate well, I've got to actually ask you. Another uh, can 262. Can we organise that? <laughs> we can. We oh, can get, mate, we got, we, <laughs> we've got buckets of them. <laughs> but, uh, the, um, I was going to ask you, Crowy, and while I've got you, um, obviously the uh, the old boys uh, uh, games coming up and only not too far away. Mm. Um, Gold Coast. It? It's got to be. Second last round of the year. Yeah. Third last home game of the year against the Gold Coast. It's yep. always the, the best round of the season, the old boys round. It could be a very important round as well in. in Making the eight or not? Uh, and uh, speaking of, also we got Mark Hughes round this week. Beanie from Brain Cancer Beanie round this week. Yeah. This week. Uh, he's a couple. Of, he's a couple of scoops. Um, actually, ready for brain cancer. There's no scoop there. It's no, no, no. um, <laughs> on this. He's on this weekend. Yes. Um, it'll be a massive, massive round. It's a Huge. fantastic uh, foundation that Hughes has organised and, and 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 produced. You know, it's it, that it's raised millions. And millions of dollars, and the NRL is, you know, deserves a great deal of credit for getting behind it with, with Beanie around. I'm just watching him on TV right now, right now, just up there with his. Mate, he look, no one looks worse in a Beanie than Mark Hughes. <laughs> but, <laughs> mate, it's a great cause. Um, but, uh, what was the other thing I was going to say? Oh, <laughs> with, but old boys round. Yes. Yes. Okay. So, we've, we've been tossing up, what should we do to celebrate and commemorate that round? So, the last couple of years, we've had a special team or group to help commemorate it. So um, two years ago, the 97 grand final winning team had their 20-year reunion. Yes. And the whole team came together um, uh, to celebrate that. Last year, we had our Hall of Fame players, of which there are only about six or eight. Mm -hmm. yep. So it was quite a special event to bring all those, those great, great players. And we're thinking this year, given the, the history of not just rugby league, but, uh, but the Knights, um, and, and, and thinking back to the very, very first player the Knights signed, which is Ashley Gordon. We're thinking of getting all our Indigenous boys <laughs> that played first grade for the club over the over the thirty year history of the club, oh, yeah. bringing them and, and and have them as our as our sort of uh, our showpiece for the old boys. So we're trying to we're looking to drag people back from North Queensland, people like Leo Denver, huh. um, you know, and have a have a real a celebration of some of the greatest um, Aboriginal players to play the game, and many of them played with our club. So fantastic! Yeah, fantastic. so that, that's what we're hoping to, to do. That's our. That's certainly our intent at this point. So we're working with the Knights at this moment to try and make that happen. So. It's going to be that'll be fantastic to see. Yeah. I, I'm really looking forward to that. Also, Crowy, there's oh, the last few years you've uh, you've done some things uh, to 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 raise money um, for the Marquis Foundation, I believe, with the 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 walk to Everest, uh, yes. the, the walk to Everest summit. Uh, what's it called? The base, base camp, camp, base camp walk, uh, and then and also through Borneo. Is that yeah, correct? Yeah, there's been there's been three. So far, there was uh, this Kakata track, there was base camp yeah. uh, in in, uh, in Nepal, 
uh, last year to Borneo for the Sindarkan Death March. And, um, they all sound terribly year, dangerous. They all sound Mount Kilimanjaro in Africa. Are you oh, wow. <laughs> yes. So, and then, which, which is higher than base camp by quite some bit. So, are uh, you going on that? I'm one? going on that as well. So they're running you boys got, ragged. Well, eh? I almost died at, at Everest. Quite, so, it wasn't so, a quite so, This is 500 meters higher. So this could be the last joust interview I ever you hold. If, just you, you know. if you pass away, this might be the footage they use. <laughs> the worst things. Heavy ratings shoots on the roof, boys. That's a, when are you going up to Kilimanjaro? What's the uh, October, October, October 16th, I think. Is um, the same group going? Uh, going very similar group. I know Danny Bedeiros is going, Mark Hughes, Billy Peden, Brad yeah. Godden. Um, it's uh, it's gonna be and, and Trent Robinson is coming as well. The Roosters coach. Oh, Trent Robinson, yeah, yeah, because he was involved with the Newcastle Knights uh, with Brian Smith. Uh, yeah, he was just the coach. Changing yeah, yeah, well, great, wasn't he? Yeah, yeah. So that's that's really great to see. We look forward to catching up. We can see that all uh, photos and whatnot, and follow the team on the Mark Hughes. You could even, you could even sponsor and, and and support the Mark Hughes Foundation if you like. I'll, How would I'll, they do that if they could? Do, uh, it was like jump on the website. I will send you a link. <laughs> we'll put the link. Fantastic. We'll put the link right up here. <laughs> that's, uh, that's where the link will be. Because <laughs> Thank you very much for joining us, Boys, Corey, mate. Thank you for inviting me. I loved it. I had a great time. I love, love the 262 as well. Let's grab, another, yeah. Let's grab another one of the 262. Thank you very much. If you like us, please like us on Facebook, SoundCloud, iTunes, Instagram, all those social pipes. Did I forget one? Facebook. Facebook. That's probably where you're watching That's us right now. That's the main pipe. That's the main pipe. <laughs> please support the main pipe. Thank you very much, Jess. It's been an absolute pleasure. <laughs> That's pretty much oh, great. Nice. Oh, that's <laughs>